All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Canadian Real Estate Homefront Podcast. This is episode 16, 15, 16? 16. I just checked. Checked. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we had uh, Daniel Foch on last week. That, that was cool. really fun. That was yeah, a good, good episode. Yeah, we got some awesome reels that we'll share with you guys too on there. Lots of information. Like, yeah. Be prepared for that one. Technical, analytical, economy, yeah. controversial. I had a friend about. that uh, said... No, just give me the Coles notes. I, I'm too anxious to watch it because he, he's being affected a ton by, uh, by, by the, what's going the on. Yeah. He's like, I, I can't watch it. I don't want to listen. Just give me the Coles notes. Like, yeah, <laughs> you got to watch you it. You got to watch it. <laughs> well, that kind of, I guess that kind of segues into our first topic here. So yeah. the Bank of Canada raises rates again. Like, why are they doing this? So the Bank of Canada raised rates yet again by 25 basis points to 5%. That's kind of their overnight rate. The highest since 2001. Yeah. And just to put into perspective the difference in average price in Canada from 2001 to now, how much that is major. Yeah. Back then, it, it used to be the norm because your mortgages were so much smaller. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I saw a tweet and Toronto was Toronto and Vancouver were roughly like 250k for a house back then, yeah. and now it's over 1.1 million. Right. So. Yeah, that's a good point. Very good yeah. point. Yeah, because you, we hear the you know older generations being like, my interest rate was fifteen percent yeah. and all of that, but it, their mortgage was so small, so it's as if, and it'd be interesting to do the math on it. So what we pay in interest at five point one percent or five percent um, plus what the banks like five percent is just the overnight rate. That's not that's not even yeah, that's your not even your mortgage. Yeah, yeah, seven, yeah. right? Yeah. Seven is prime uh, now. Yeah, that's that's plus probably two, your usually. plus two. Yeah, your fixed rate for five years probably around six. Yeah. Yeah. So at that rate on our amount of mortgage on a house versus fifteen uh, percent on two hundred k, like the difference is still yeah, substantial. Still substantial. So it'd be yeah. interesting to see what that rate would correlate to on a house that's two hundred fifty thousand. It'd be like, oh, you're complaining that it used to be fifteen percent, but in today's rates and mortgage amounts that translates to your rate having been 40% or whatever the case may be yeah. to like have that huge effect. Yeah. There's a lot of people talking right now too. Like, why are they, why are they continuing to, to raise? Like there's kind of these two different camps, like you're hurting people. Like I, I think, uh, Jag, Jagmeet Singh tweeted out something about, you know, Justin Trudeau hurting people once again and, and, and about the rates raising. But I think what happened, honestly? Why does he say Justin Trudeau, though? Because oh, uh, yeah. Well, he, I think it's just like he's blaming Trudeau. Okay. Yeah, I know they're, okay. they're supposed to be. They're different. Yeah, it's a it's political theater. He's basically just yeah, 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 yeah. he's trying to get people to you know elections coming up soon. He wants votes. Right. Yeah. Ah. Okay. But I think a huge reason why is you know the economic data is there too. But when they paused, the the real estate market ripped, right? Because people said this is it. Yeah. Right. And, and they have to bring that down. So I think. When we were listening to, I was listening to the press conference too. Mm -hmm. It's very evident that what they say is like, okay, look, you know, we, we, the rates are doing their job, but not as fast as we thought. That was yeah. something that they said. And then they also said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing it because they said it in a better way, but they're basically like fighting the liberal government because immigration mm -hmm. is so high, right. which is, is, you know, putting pressure on inflation. And um, they brought in a million people last year mm -hmm. to fill our job vacancies because there was a lot of job vacancies and to increase the job, like increase supply, essentially. Yeah. Right? Immigration usually translates to um, increased productivity in our economy. But if you increase supply, but also increase demand with that many immigrants, you're still in excess demand if you started in excess demand. Right. So if you had both, you're you're still in 
Yeah. We're still in a yeah. demand supply mm-hmm. imbalance. And they're also, um, you know, we're, we're, we do have deficit spending as well. And mm-hmm. that definitely fuels inflation when you spend. Yeah, money, so you got to look at it too, because we talk about the real estate part of the economy. Mm-hmm. So that's not the only sector that the rates affect uh, corporate pricing, like the price of goods and services, right? The service yeah. industry, like things are still very expensive yeah. and they're trying to bring the costs of all of that, like as, as a blanket, not just the real estate market, although it kind of did that uptick yeah. when we held, they're still, I, I think, what did they say? Like meat, what else? Um, meat, bread, coffee, rents, um, continued to rise like very quickly. So it's yeah. not just house prices, it's but not just house prices, goods yeah. and services too. So right. That's a good point. Yeah. Like even, yeah, yeah. We, we do talk about the, the cost of housing. Obviously we're a real estate podcast, but just think about like going to get a new car right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I remember when I got mine, it, I locked in a seven year, 1.7% rate yeah. with RBC. And now you're looking at six right. plus percent for a new car. Like who's, who's car shopping. And then who's going to be, you know, house shopping at this point too, right. You're going to see that pullback come within the housing market too. Cause you're gonna have to swallow this 6% interest rate right. stress tested at eight. So well, it, back to your car point is that who's car shopping right now? Well, if a lot of people aren't car shopping or wanting a new car because of the interest rates, that's going to bring down demand, which is going to bring down prices yeah. or not make them rise as quickly, mm-hmm. right? So what hurts more? This interest rate right now that a lot of people with new mortgages or variables, yes, are suffering or fast forward two years when the cost of a car is astronomical yeah. or the cost of getting your bread and your baby's food is astronomical mm-hmm. because it, it only goes kind of one way when interest rates are, are yeah. low and especially with bringing in more people. So mm-hmm. essentially, I think what Tiff Macklem's doing is measuring pain, which, yeah. which is going to hurt Canadians long-term more because there's a long-term goal in his mind. I think put the economy into a recession to kill inflation. I think that's pretty much, <laughs> I pretty much like where, where he's going with this because yeah, when he paused it, it did not stop. What would you do? I would raise it. I, I don't know. I, I'd see what happened after this, but th- these are the options. You, you slowly raise it, right? Mm-hmm. Or you raise it more. Like say he just went 50 basis points and just really killed inflation. Mm-hmm. It would almost make it happen quicker you have to, there has to be pain, right? You're, you're going to see people who are forced to sell. It's just going to happen. And to be honest, people are like stuck in their homes right now because you don't have an alternative. Like, what are you going to do? Right? Like I'm, I, I can't upsize right now because the interest rate's too high. So I'm going to stay, um, you know, my amortization's 50, 60, 70 years. I'm not going anywhere. I'm hanging on. Yeah. Um, or, you know, even people who are like our parents age, right? Like we're, I was reading an article just about all these empty bedrooms and all these um, homes. And it's because the Delta isn't there for them to downsize. Right. It's everyone always asks, where am I going to go? What am I exactly. going to do? Right. So I think long and short, I'd, I'd see what happened after this. Like I'm pretty sure he's done after this, unless we see some crazy economic data, people still spending and, and the real yeah. estate market starts to rip. But what do you think? Well, like bringing in that many immigrants is obviously going to put pressure on prices and yeah. increase spending, right? You come here and that's a million more people being added to the pool of buying goods and services. So mm. you're increasing uh, demand and unless supply keeps up, you're, you're essentially putting so much pressure on inflation. So then 
like I again I go back to I do not envy his job because everyone hates him right now why are you causing so much pain and it's it's a measurable pain because Mm -hmm. the alternative is you'll never get into the housing market ever or maybe right now you you have to stay and you're broke right now but look at five years down the road if if what his goal if he if he's not making these moves to achieve the goal which is price stability for Canadians and yeah. I see that and there's no right or wrong answer like I don't think he's made a mistake by raising it because the data is there yeah. It's, yeah. it's really in front of you as the cost of everything is still going up at a quick and unsustainable rate and what else is there to do yeah you, you have to raise right, right? He, he's his hand is forced so I think we're still really recovering from what happened during the pandemic and yeah. how the government provided solutions yeah and we're still in recovery mode pent-up demand is huge too right, right? you have a lot of people right. who, who saved a lot of money because they were sitting at home yeah and now you know you go to the bar and you're excited still like exactly you, that that trip you wanted to go to europe and you had to cancel two years yeah. ago now you're going and yeah. that fuels that fuels spending and, and that fuels the data so yeah i think you know they, they they're going to keep raising um I think we'll, maybe they'll pause next time. We'll see what the data says. But he he said blatantly, "We're prepared to raise again." Yeah. I think he also understands that there's a lot of people on the scale of being hurt way more than others. But if he's looking at the economy and price stability for Canadians as a whole, there's not really too much alternative mm-hmm. uh, with what we have or what he has at hand. Yeah. Right? Obviously, we talk about solutions like we need more supply. If you increase supply to match demand that's going to solve a lot of issues, but that's not as easy. No, it's not that easy to do. And I think that, you know, a big reason why we haven't seen the market take a dive is because people are just staying put like supplies, like at a 20 year low, I I think it's, Mm -hmm. you know, pretty much down there in the depths of COVID too. Mm -hmm. So that's obviously going to fuel demand. But if you do start see some four sellers and you do start seeing people who have variable rates, who are investors start hitting the market, you know, how long can they hold on for? I guess we'll find out. Yeah. And the interesting thing is that People are saying, hey, send me foreclosures or powers of sales. Mm. So the banks still want top dollar for the house. And in in a market where things are still moving decently quick and there's still demand in the market, whether it's a foreclosure or power of sale or just a seller selling, it's still going to move and still going to have the same amount of interest. It It doesn't mean it's going to go under market value. The bank wants to be paid back. The bank is obligated to try to get the top dollar for it. So a foreclosure or me selling my house in a market where demand is strong doesn't mean the price will necessarily be different, mm-hmm. right? So the demand, if it's there, even with forced sellers, until we see way more supply, foreclosures and powers of sales isn't a thing to look out for right now. It's still going to sell for a yeah market value. Yeah, and it, it's even um, interesting too. I, I was talking to this girl and it's a market way out of my, my jurisdiction, but she was saying like her friend was kind of s- stuck in the situation where um, they closed on a house mm-hmm. and I didn't quite understand it fully, but I think this okay, is the gist of it. it they closed me. on the house, yeah. uh, but they need to move the closing date up because their pre-approval <laughs> ran out. It's it's like running out like the end of July, uh, but their closing dates the end of August, but the, the deal's already firm. Um, That's so why do. this is, yeah, why this is a boo-boo is because people think, and like, I don't, I'm not blaming the, the, right. the buyer like the agent should know the mortgage agent should make this very clear i always make it clear too and people are like what what do you mean when you get a pre-approval yeah. you have to close on the home 
that closing means the money has transferred to the seller, mm-hmm. right? People think that I have a pre-approval till July 31st, but I can close whenever. I just Did need to buy. Did she buy firm though? Yeah. Oh, she like this was already, firm. yeah. And I think like the bank was going through it and they're like, and, and you know, now, and since then we've had two rate hikes or something like that. And so, so those rate hikes not only might be way different than what your pre-approval rate was, because some people sold their house and are locked into like their rate that they can port. So if they let that run out, they're going say 2% to now 7%. That's massive. Number one, in terms of money out of your pocket, but number two might actually make you not qualify qualify for the amount. And then the difference of what you qualify for, you got to, you got to come up with the cash. That's why I, like I even brought it up was because like, you know, someone listening to this probably was like, wow, like I've had this before too, or I'm talking to clients and I'm like, when's your yeah. pre-approval done? And they're like, here. And I'm like, we need to close before then. Yeah. What I mean by that, because like, you know, sometimes we use these terms like firm deal and people right. don't understand them. So like, I'm like, you have to actually be moved into that home mm-hmm. by the time the pre-approval is done. And they yeah. go, oh, our broker never told us that. Yeah. Like, that's the first thing what the bank should tell you. So you understand. I go back. Right? It's so much education. That's it why we do this podcast. Really like the real estate sector of buyers, sellers, realtors, mortgage brokers, like education needs to come number one. It's not about just getting you into a house. Mm. Like you need to be educated. Yeah. Um, That's why the most educated realtors honestly probably do the best or like have the best book of business. Right. There's, there's realtors who market like crazy, the gorilla market and they, they do, they do well as well, but you're attracting a different kind of clientele. I think people who want to be educated and who value you know, what our opinions are, are the best people to work mm-hmm. with, right? Because they're hiring 100%. you for a reason. They see value in you. Yeah. Yeah. Some and people like see realtors genuinely just. genuinely want your advice. Mm-hmm. Like I have a lot to say, Yeah, you know, and mm. maybe not necessarily always. It's like I have an opinion too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're not, there, you're not shy. There's two sides to everything, but I had that happen to me uh, too, where my sellers, um, we got an offer and we needed a closing date because they had kicked out their tenants. You have to live there for a year mm-hmm. before you sell. And they, the closing date that we got from the buyers was earlier than a year. They didn't want to have any sort of litigation with the tenant board. If the tenant went back and said they sold before a year, all that. And anyways, they said, we absolutely cannot because we lose our rate hold as of this day. Mm-hmm. Um, the banks sometimes are able to push it if it's like plus or minus a week, two weeks. Um, but they couldn't close so you know, in that situation, it's actually smarter to like pay the sellers off, have an Airbnb, like do whatever you can mm-hmm. to make that closing date work. And the amendment to, I guess, in, in her case, change the uh, closing date. And like, if it's a difference of 2% to 7%, I'd be offering like, I'll pay for your Airbnb. That's going to cost me way yeah. less, a month's difference. If the sellers knows they're moving anyways, 30 days. Yeah. I'd be like, I'll put you up in the Drake hotel. I think too, like, okay, here's the scenarios on the situation, right? Is like, what happens if, if you're someone who did that and you can't close on the home, the seller has to go back onto the market and then they have to try and sell the home in a different market and a higher interest rate. And then if they can't get the number that you offered them, then they can sue you for the difference, sue you for damages, sue you for carrying costs. Like it's a nightmare. Yeah. So like, what, what would I do in that situation? Um, obviously, you know, you want to talk to your lawyer, but you'd want to close earlier, even though the sellers won't move. They're like, no, we need the house. Like, you know, let to the move. sellers stay let the, like, yeah, just do like a, a month lease back yep. at a dollar or something. Cause there yep. has to be some sort of transaction or, or change of hands. Again, talk to a lawyer about this, but that's what you'd have to do. 
yeah. you'd have to, you'd have to close, close earlier. Yeah. You can't just walk away. Like people think too, like, Oh, they're just going to take my deposit. No, the, the deposit's still held in trust. You're going to have to go to small claims court. It's a mess, but there always are solutions basically is, yeah. you know, not always, there, but yeah. in this Most case there was, of the yeah. time, there is a solution, Some sort of solution, but if people did their job to begin with, mm. <laughs> right. If the, if the mortgage yeah. agent explained to them, or maybe they just worked with the bank, explained to them, you know, you have to close. This doesn't mean you buy before then you have to close. They would have had that in the back of their mind and they probably would have right. been able to avoid this. But anyways, just some education for people. Yeah. What do you do in a situation? So this is currently something that I have on my docket. Um, so last summer we were selling uh, assignments for a builder. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of people came to us direct. So our clients are the sellers of these assignments. And then the people that came to us direct is Basically, you know how an agent can be representing somebody as a client and a customer service agreement, right? Yeah. So there's two ends. Uh, facilitated the assignment, and now those are coming up to closing, right? And they've come down in price, of course. Okay, so he's saying, please put in an amendment to change my purchase price by 100K. And the seller's like, no way, buddy. Oh my goodness, I have something on my hands here. Yeah. And he's saying he won't be able to close because the comparables in the area are selling for this. So when it comes to appraisal, a couple months or a month before closing, it's not going to appraise. Yeah. He needs to put the remainder in cash. Mm-hmm. So that's a sticky situation for people that bought assignments last year and are approaching closing this year. Prices are so much different. Yeah. Number one, it won't appraise. So even if you were qualified for uh, the new rates and the high purchase price you bought for, great, but will the bank give you that loan if the appraisal comes in short? No, the no. bank's only, and that's why your pre-approval has conditions because if you're pre-approved for a million bucks, you can't go buy a shack. It, it's almost to stay away from fraud, essentially. Yeah. You can't go buy a shack for a million bucks. If it's not worth a million bucks, the bank's not putting a not touching million it. dollar yeah. loan on it because if something happened, you couldn't pay the merge. They wouldn't be able to sell it and get their money back. So mm-hmm. the bank's at risk in that case. So property doesn't appraise. You got to come up with, with the remainder. Yeah. So I think a few people are tight in these sticky situations where. Yeah. Yeah. I think the firm approval that we talked about too from RBC is so gold. Okay. I yeah, heard somebody yeah. pulled their firm, firm approval though. Oh yeah. A bank. A bank pulled maybe, it. I don't yeah. know if it was RBC. Maybe it was... I don't want to quote any bank. I actually yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. Know. don't know who somebody said they full, p- pulled um, a firm approval. So I, wow. it's interesting to hear these stories. One offs when you think it's a firm approval, you're good. You're good What's yeah. in the fine print? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that, you got to go down that rabbit hole a little bit more just to make sure that you are yeah. safe. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to read our next topic here? Not yeah. topic three. Topic three. Yeah. Right there. Oh, okay. Bank regulator steps in to deter banks from extending mortgages to as long as 90 years. I think that is a good Good thing. thing. It doesn't hurt people, but it is a good thing. It's like short-term pain. Anyways, as interest rates continue to increase, some variable rate mortgage borrowers are seeing their amortization periods extend to 60, 70, even 90 years. Canada's federal regulator is now acting to reduce the risk posed by such forever forever mortgages in quotations. On July 11th, the Office of the Superintendent of Financial Institutions, OFSI, you probably know it as, proposed changes that would make banks hold on to more money to address risk related to mortgages with growing balances. So they want the banks to have some sort of collateral. Collateral. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I like that um, 
that's like it, it should have never been a solution to allow sellers to push their uh, amortization schedule extend and pretend it allows people to stay in their houses which now there's not as much supply when people normally would have had to go to market and sell Mm -hmm. they can just stay their payment stays relatively the same especially if you're going to pay back your mortgage over 90 years yeah so the people that are doing that if they bring them back down to a normal schedule you're going to have to either put down a lump sum yeah. Increase your payment or I guess sell. Yeah. I saw a lot of sellers. Um, there's a section on House Sigma that said sold below bought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meaning. Some of those don't close too. So a lot of those are going to be lawsuits. Like if you actually like look at the geo warehouse, because sometimes I look, I'm like, there's like how? Like what do you, that's like a $300,000 difference. I've seen some like really bad. Um, but yeah, some of them don't close. So it'll show on how Sigma is like, oh, it's sold, but, and it did sell firm, but the person never closed on it. Yeah. So they had to go back to market and then, and then sell for, they uh, sold so below. The same so that seller, yeah, that seller is, is going to go after the first buyer right. for that difference of, of money as, you know, as they should. As they yeah. should. So I think we'll see a few court cases that, you know what, it will be interesting to see those course cases over time. They're going to take years, um, but to see what happens with them. Cause there was one in Vancouver where these people just walked away. And I think it was, it was during the time where the foreign tax came in and they sold for like a million dollars less or something. A million yeah. Less. Yeah. And uh, I actually made like a TikTok video on it before, we, before we started <laughs> this, before we started this pod together. Yeah. 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 And this seller actually won in court and they had to pay them a million bucks. Okay. So what if you yeah. don't have a million bucks? That's a good question. I don't know. What do you do? Do they yeah. garnish your wages? Well, that's what it, it will be interesting to see like real estate law going forward too. To see what happens here. Again, we're in the recovery stage of the pandemic. So things that used to maybe be a solution for people, like extending the amortization for one-off people, like we're realizing what works and what absolutely cannot Mm. be a solution here. So I think we're in the works of new policies. Yeah, yeah. I think OSFI is going to really, and uh, I think Foch talked about it too. They're going to really like clamp down on this and and even get rid of this variable product, I think too. The fixed variable yeah so when you're on a variable rate but your payment doesn't change mm-hmm. if the rate goes up or down yeah um which i i don't i stand beside that yeah for sure i, I think it just brings more education to the market of what could happen right you know you just mm-hmm. sign this mortgage thinking okay this is my rate and then you don't really understand what a trigger rate is like mm-hmm. trigger rate has been the buzzword of the past couple of years now like I yeah yeah I, I felt like when you know i first got into the business i never you never heard it yeah because rates just kind of Right. They didn't fluctuate like the way they did now. So I but. wonder if, let's say Canada was similar to the States where we, for the majority of our mortgage products, it was long-term fixed mortgages. Mm-hmm. Increasing the overnight rate would then only affect small businesses on revolving credit, the service industry, goods and services. E-locks, all, yeah. E-locks, all of that. How much would that affect? Because we only talk about the real estate sector, right? Yeah. And how people are being smoked on their mortgages. Um, would it be more effective or less effective? Like it, yeah. the state's doing the 30-year fixed. One I think it would be better. Yeah, I think it would be better. I think it would actually bring clarity to, you know, people who just like don't really understand this stuff as much as as they should, right? And it's just like, you know, you just say you're just a casual person and you just like don't, you know, I just want a mortgage. I just want a home for my family. And, yeah. you know, you sign up and then... You're like, oh, wow, look at this rate that I got in 2020. And then mm. five years goes by and you're like, oh, I didn't even know this could happen. 
I think it's almost dangerous in a way, but yeah. the, the banks, you know, actually someone comments on our Instagram, like, why do you need to renew a fixed payment and or a fixed mortgage? They must've been from the States and it's, yeah, you have to renew a fixed payment. <laughs> like it's almost like, <laughs> yeah, it's almost like, so. yeah, yeah. Like the, like when you do tell people from and, the States that they're like, what? And when you renew it, they don't, they don't re pre-preview. Like if you've changed jobs in that time, mm. unless you've given them a reason to look into you, yeah. if you've just been paying your mortgage, they ought to renew you. Yeah. Yeah. So you, the house that you bought, you probably wouldn't even qualify for after five. You know what I mean? Like yeah. during the depths of the pandemic, if you bought during there. Yeah. yeah. So they auto renew you. So the people that, um, bought in the peaks of COVID on a variable rate, mm -hmm. let's say for a year and we're approaching renewal, even if they wanted to change to a fixed, you could usually lock in with the same bank, but you have to go through a re-pre-approval if you want to refinance that mortgage with yep. a lower fixed rate offered by different banks. Mm -hmm. But you likely wouldn't qualify because the value has come down so much and the rates have gone up mm -hmm. um, or it wouldn't appraise, whatever the case may be. So you can't refinance. You're forced to renew. Yeah, yeah. No other option. No other option. You just have to just renew yeah. whatever that that bank is offering you because you can't go to another bank because they have to pre-approve you and the value of your house needs to be there. Yeah. A hundred percent of your mortgage. Right. Are you, I'm seeing a lot. I know people love to hear, but I'm seeing a lot of like offer nights fail mm. uh, and people re relisting that, that home at a higher price. Yeah. Um, and I have been following a few other realtors in like Toronto and Vancouver and they're saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, listings are still low, yeah. but yeah, this, this offer night that kind of came back, it was a weird, yeah, thing that that happened earlier this year mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of out the window right now like I wouldn't hold an offer date right now unless I listed it really low and it was a it was a different kind of product where I felt like you know you could get value of it but there's always risk with the offer nights and mm -hmm. I just like pricing it right and so most clients do as well two offer nights this week okay. <laughs> on my listings update us next week um, yeah, yeah. definitely one's gonna sell tomorrow uh the next one is next week and we'll see I'm not too far off what the actual value is so but there's just nothing comparable like it. It's the only one bedroom, really nice uh, condo in Toronto. Okay. So everything else is two bedroom. Uh, and the prices, there's so much discrepancy between the comparables that I'm like, okay, hey, I'm going to list here and kind of let the market take it where yeah. it should go in this market. And that was my thought process for that one. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I agree with you. It's, it's not every house going in multiples anymore. No, it's different for in sure. In some markets, yes. Kitchener. Yeah. Right you're still going? Every yeah, yeah. single house. That market's crazy. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird because Kitchener actually um, fell the most in, in Canada. Yeah, Canada-wide, Kitchener saw the biggest decrease in value from the pandemic highs to... The COVID darling, right? Yeah. London and St. Thomas was also up there too. Mm -hmm. But now it's it's going crazy again. So... Yeah. It's still affordable too, to be honest. Like some houses in yeah, Kitchener. Yeah, yeah, I just sold a detached house on a really good lot a corner unit with a garage with a walkout basement for 735 735 yeah right yeah so, so that i mean obviously we're sitting here being like, eh, but like that's just like realtor land right like you put that yeah. you plop that in burlington right. oakville it's what exactly yeah. now you're over a mill you need 20 percent. that's a whole different ball it's game. a whole different yeah yeah so when we say affordability obviously we're not naive to the fact that that's still very it's expensive. still very yeah. yes it's it is i just mean in relative to driving 45 minutes you're yeah cutting your 
price tag in half. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a beautiful place too. It's like up and coming. It's, you know, there's tech there. There's actually some great breweries there too. It's yeah, like, it's a nice little drive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you need nightlife. You need stuff to yeah. do. Yeah. That's I was actually cool. talking to somebody at the gym today too. And we were just talking about, um, we we're talking about someone's situation mm-hmm. and we're just how expensive it, it is. Like the ultimate hack, to be honest, is to live with somebody. It's the ultimate <laughs> hack. Like you just think about it in your head, right? Like, like if you had like a, a even like a friend or something and like you both share the, the car, right? You split really? the car payment or like share a car. Like what I mean, stuff. what I mean is like, you know, you, you split the rent or something like that. Like living with someone. Split the groceries. Split the groceries, split the, the rent, rent, split the utilities. Because if you're on your own, just think about it. And you want a one bedroom, it's going to cost you. Like a decent one bedroom. Like I'm not, I'm not saying two bedrooms split it. Yeah. Well, like it's a hack. Yeah. Like 2,500 bucks for a one bedroom. And like that's in Toronto too. It's in Oakville too. It's in Burlington. Like it's not, it's not cheap. Then you have a car, a car costs you 500 bucks a month. Yeah. Like even at minimum at minimum. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. even just like an entry level car. Then you have insurance, 200 phone bill, hundred. Anyways, you're at 3,500 bucks a month pretty quick. Yeah. And then you have to live. You got to eat. You got to go out. You got to have a social life. Yeah. So we were just talking about like, what do you need to make? to live in, I guess the GTA. And it was like a hundred grand and you probably wouldn't have much savings. Jesus. Yeah. Or the ultimate hack and how I started my real estate portfolio is I only was looking at houses that had a basement suite. Mm. And even though, and, and so having a basement suite set up just in case people don't know this market rent. So at the time market rent was 1800 for a basement apartment of that size. So 1800 a month times 12, what are you talking like 24 grand ish, 22, whatever the case uh, would be added to your income to be used with your pre-approval that might boost your purchase price ability up a little bit, Mm -hmm. but buying, let's say at 700 versus 600, but having that $1,800 a month income like changes your mortgage payment a ton because the difference in mortgage payment between 600k purchase and 700k purchase is an 1800 so you're on you're you're actually better to spend more but rent out your basement so that's what I did Mm -hmm. rented out my basement at the time things were a little different but I I didn't I lived pretty cheap and then you know then you end up renting the top and continuing but it is a hack living by yourself is hard challenging yeah (laughs) Find love, find a roommate. <laughs> it makes life cheaper, right? Find love. <laughs> On our last topic here, uh, Korea downgrades home sales forecasts as interest rates to stay high well into 2024. So the Canadian Real Estate Association downgraded its resale housing market forecast on Friday in anticipation of interest rates remaining high well into 2024. So despite a continuing upswing in home sales across Canada, month over month gains appear to be losing steam as rising interest rates bring uncertainty to the housing market. New listings are starting to catch up with sales, but more would-be buyers are moving to the sidelines as they wait and see what the Bank of Canada will do next. With these market conditions at play, Korea is now projecting 464,239 home sales across the country this year, a 6.8% drop from 2022, and down nearly 30,000 from the sales predicted by the association in its April forecast. So sales in Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, and New Brunswick are expected to fall 15.1%, 14.4%, and 13.9% respectively. Alberta sales will also fall about 13%, with Quebec just behind at 11.4%. Ontario is expected to see sales dip by just under 4%. And just to clarify, this is number of sales decreasing, yeah, not, not price. prices. Yeah, yeah, no. it, 
It always messes people. with people. It's not dipping 15% in price. Don't, mm-hmm. That's not what we're saying. No. The number of sales. Number of sales. Um, yeah. yeah. But that blows my mind because we just brought in a million people. Mm-hmm. So bringing in a million people and going down 15% in some areas. Do you think Ontario's it's four? So yeah, Ontario's here. Yeah, yeah. So. I know it, it does kind of skew the data. You just yeah. see it right there. But I think the rental market is just continuing is going to continue to rip. Like, you know, you have people, they just said like on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does that mean? It's like, well, if some, if they do need a place to live, they're going to go rent mm-hmm. and, you know, renting for people like can be attractive for young people, right? Like I want to live in the city. I don't want to be there forever. Mm-hmm. I can be liquid. I can move. I can, you know, get a job somewhere else. Like yeah. it's, it, it has that attraction, but yeah. also, yeah, like you're, you're going to have to start competing for rentals. I think a lot more, but yeah, it's a tough. My my Facebook marketplace has like over a hundred replies on this one Burlington rental I have, and I was like, oh my gosh! Yeah. So how do you even keep up with that? It, like, it's I can't. I can't. I can't. So I try, but I I can't, and it's it's just wild because actually my listing that I just sold, sadly I had to sell it. Tenants live there. They're being so great. I said I'm going to help you find something else. The seller cannot can't hold it. Even with your rent, he's negative. He's going to, like, this is not okay. Yeah. So they're working with me. Luckily, I can find them something the exact same price. We're going to pay for their moving because um, I'm very cognizant of the fact that I'm kind of uprooting the tenants, yeah. but I'm going to do my best to make their life easy. But their profile is four adults sharing a house. And I'm like, wow. this is good idea. You guys are all friends. They yeah. need a big enough house where they're kind of a little separate, you know, three bedrooms upstairs, maybe one in the basement, but multiple floors, you have your space kind of thing. So it's just four adults sharing a house and splitting the bills four ways. You're going to yeah. pay three grand for a four bedroom house in Hamilton, right? But divided by four, utilities divided by four, you're- You're like 700 bucks yeah, each a month. Yeah. Well, obviously with more expenses too, but yeah, yeah. say you come in at a grand a month, like that's mm-hmm. a lot more affordable than the $2,500 the only Toronto, thing right? is that with landlords having their pick because it's such a competitive rental market for adults that don't have any kind of relation to each other not in a relationship or not related you almost think like i would think like what if one person wants to move can you guys afford it without them and yeah. there's kind of like fights like what for sure yeah right? that, that would want, be i want you to be like a solid couple i ask people yeah. with our couple how long have you been together i don't want a new couple because i'm like you guys break up like i'm screwed yeah right? true yeah and it there's also been like profiles too, where it's like downtown Toronto. A lot of the time, like you do have the roommate where two friends go in and, you know, two girls do way better than two guys all the time. Well, girls are cleaner and do you be cleaner. cleaner yeah. <laughs> yeah, not everyone, but, I don't but it is true. Yeah. It is true. Yeah. And like, you know, guys are more inclined to have parties and stuff yeah. like that versus, versus girls. But yeah, there is, there is profiles that landlords do look for. And mm-hmm. with the, uh, yeah, with rising interest rates, We've said before it, it puts pressure on the rental market, which already has a lot of pressure and is already expensive in right. pretty much every province. So, and um, so for the people that are renting that don't know this, if you rent a unit that's built after 2019 or a brand new basement apartment that was built after, um, like a secondary suite was added to a house after 2019, you are not under rent, rent control. control. Yeah. Keep that in mind. So the people that are living in a house next to you with a basement apartment that was built in 2012 and you're paying 1800 a month the landlords can increase the rent by the guidelines 2.5 percent or something like that yeah if this basement apartment is new a new dwelling and you rent it today for two grand next year the landlord's mortgage goes to 
doubles, whatever, mm-hmm. or won't double, but I mean goes up, they can say, hey, you owe three grand now. And, uh, or get out or get out. <laughs> yeah. So keep that in mind after 2019, especially with you the condos. Yeah. It's true. You go into a new condo and you're like, oh, it's all brand new. I love it. But yeah, you're not subject to rent control. So they can, they can jack the rent to whatever the market rent is. I think it's November of 2018. And this is in Ontario. Okay, so this is in Ontario. November of 2018. Yeah. This is in Ontario too. Just, just to preface. I don't know about other, I don't know about other provinces yeah. either. I'm not sure, but just to keep that in mind, when if you are rental shopping, like, hey, just know mm-hmm. this this could go up quicker than than the guidelines. So yeah, yeah, they could literally put it to whatever they want. Um, I think it has to be market value. Market value. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah, they can't charge you ten grand if market value is four. Mm-hmm. Like they, it has to be market value, but they don't need to go up at that steady that steady increase. So I saw people building these basement apartments are only looking for newer ones because they don't want the landlords don't want to be controlled. They want to be able to afford their mortgage with their rentals and not have yeah. to be in a position where they're negative. Right, right. I have. I actually haven't raised my rents on my tenants in two years. They're good tenants. Don't do they're it. Good ten- yeah. and they're good tenants. And I'm negative now on yeah. one of the houses. And thankfully, I'm positive on another one. It balances all out. I'm okay. Um, but I, I didn't raise it because I value the fact that they're taking care of my house yeah. rather than making a 200 bucks more a month and yeah. having to find other tenants. I'm like, you guys are worth that to me for sure. And I know that they respect me for not even raising it based on the guidelines. It's like, you know, when, when you take yeah. care of my house, I'll take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. Work. Be a good landlord. Everyone's happy. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I had to say. You have anything else? That's all for me. That's all. All right, cool. Well, thanks so much for watching guys. If you're on YouTube, Please like and subscribe to the channel. We're trying to grow it as much as we can, uh, as well as Spotify and Apple Music. Please leave us a review. We're also on Instagram and TikTok if you guys want some short form stuff. And yeah, we were on a podcast last week too. So hopefully we'll share that with you guys mm-hmm. as well as our first kind of getting interviewed podcast. So it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. We had a little banter. We did have some banter. We got it's into good. a fight. Yeah, we got into a <laughs> semi fight. I don't think we're ever going to get invited back on that podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, guys. Thanks, Take care. Guys. See you next week. See you.